everyone, welcome to another edition of the Final Down NFL Podcast with myself, Jim, Punk Raider and Denver Dave. We're all here to talk about the NFL. Boys, how are we doing this evening? Better than you by the sound of it. You sound awful. <laughs> well, I was hoping for another <laughs> 24 sorry. hours. But, um, you yeah, sound so worse than normal. Yeah. Yes. Sorry about that, guys. It's not, <laughs> it's not the vid, is it? No, 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 no. no I've had the vid before. Uh, this isn't the vid. This is just a cold. This is a sinus you know, pain. Um, I will endeavour to get through. I apologise for the voice. Um, and not just Dave. Don't but, worry. Yeah, let's uh, let's go through. If you, if, you, if you stopped licking car door handles, you'd probably be all right. But that's so much mate. fun Bin to list. do, punk. I can't help it. <laughs> so I, th- I think you sound husky and sexy, Jim. Oh, thanks. So good. <laughs> Try and keep that up. Uh, right. Well, we're, we're here to do the, the week 14 review and then look into week 15. But before we get into the week 14 reviews, we have to briefly talk about the shocking news that we'll work up to on Friday morning. And that was that former elite wide receiver Demarius Thomas had passed away at his home at the age of just 33. There are a few details of his passing, but anyone that watched NFL over the last 10 years will know just how good a player Demarius Thomas was. Drafted by the Broncos with a 22nd pick out of Georgia Tech, he was the first receiver taken in that draft. After an epic first game where he got almost 100 yards and a touchdown, the majority of his first couple of seasons was spent on IR. Uh, in 2012, though, Peyton Manning was brought in and it started three seasons of double-digit touchdowns and around 1,500 receiving yards for Thomas. He won the Super Bowl in 2015, four-time Pro Bowler, and with an impressive receiving core, he stood at the very top of it. A class act on and off the field. It's a massive shame that his life is over so early. I don't know, Dave, if you've got anything you want to add to that, but... Uh... Um, I mean, for me, it's it's equally sad because you and I did a pod probably 18 months ago where we were talking about our favourite players that we watched. You were saying about Troy Polamalu and the bus and as your favourite guys. And my favourite players to watch was Demarius Thomas, which I think surprised you a little bit because I'm not normally big on wide receivers. No. He was just so Fullbacks. consistent for so long. Fullbacks I love, you know, I love yeah. fullback. But it was so consistent for so long. And it's one of the reasons I love Tim Patrick now. It's because as soon as the ball goes in towards him, you know it will stick. Mm-hmm. There's no, it doesn't bounce off his hands or hit his helmet or any of the you know, nonsense stuff we see with other guys. And I mentioned, you know, he was one of my favourites. So for me, it was particularly sad. I'm not, I'm not normally affected by, you know, people, famous people who pass, or even famous people I like, because you kind of just think, well, you know, it's it, part of living is dying without getting too philosophical. But, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was immense. He's a genuine franchise record. The whole 16 franchise record says something about your longevity and performance. So, yeah, he's a, a guy who will be missed, missed hugely. And he's only 33. He's a baby. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah, it, it kind of puts your own mortality into perspective as well. So, not good. No, uh, it certainly took the uh, the onus off the uh, other news I was reading on Friday morning when I woke up. Um, because if we go into the week fourteen games Thursday night, Dalvin Cook managed to recover from a dislocated shoulder in just eleven days and suit up against the Steelers and ended up gouging Pittsburgh for two hundred and five yards and two touchdowns as the Vikings pulled out to a twenty-three to nothing first half lead. Kirk Cousins was having a, a lot of joy targeting Steelers' backup corner, Cam Sutton. Sutton got burnt on the touchdown passes to both Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne. The Steelers woke up on offense in the second half after posting under 70 yards in the first. There was a passing and rushing touchdown for Najee Harris. Cousins had less luck targeting the other side of the field as Achille Weatherspoon picked him twice. There were further passing touchdowns to James Washington and Pat Frymuth to bring the gap down to just one score. Cue a two-minute drive where Ben frequently targeted Chase Claypool to drive the Steelers down the field. 
There were some great catches, including the fourth down conversion, but with three seconds remaining, Harrison Smith made a great play to break up a dart into Frymuth's hands in the end zone. See the Vikings come away with a win. The final score in Minnesota was the Steelers 28, Vikings 36. You know, I, I stayed up and watched the first quarter, um, and the first quarter was absolutely <laughs> abysmal. Mm. And I said, no, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to bed. And right. uh, yeah, as soon as I went to bed, the game lit up and there was points <laughs> to get off. Um, yeah. the, the Steelers' offense was significantly better in this game. And it, it goes back to, uh, with, with the risk of repeating what we're saying week after week after week, they're running the ball. You know, they're, they're running the ball a bit more. And and getting the rush attack involved and it's opening up the offense. So it's good from that perspective. Defensively, they couldn't stop the run, um, which is something that we're not used to seeing Steelers teams do. Uh, But altogether, I thought this was one of those typical Vikings performances where they're brilliant one week and diabolical the next week. Punk? Yeah, everything that you just said, really. You know, the Vikings are a week-to-week team. Um, You can't rely on them. This was their good week. Um, and like you said, the Steelers have suddenly discovered that if they run the ball, good things happen. Uh, I, I think we are in danger a little bit with these teams, especially, um, and probably three or four others as well, of actually just repeating ourselves every single week of the season because <laughs> yeah, they have their identity. We're on week 14, are we? Week 14 in the books. So, you know, by now, teams we should know what teams are like. So... I think you I know, think those... out of the thirty-two teams in the league, I think you could probably say twenty of them. You're pretty sure you know what you're going to get, and these are two yeah. of them. And we got exactly what we thought we were going to get. Um, a Steelers team that can blow hot and cold and are talented, but have gaps every you know every now and again. And the Steelers, uh, the Vikings are going to be absolutely world class, and they're going to blow you out every other play. But then the week before, they lost against the Lions. <laughs> that's that's just what they are. You know, it's, yeah. it's nonsense. It's just weird. Weird. They are very much Dennis Green teams. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> I don't know what they are still, though. How can you judge them from week to week? They're just average teams that, that really don't know what they need to do well. They're not going to... Neither team's going to make the playoffs. You know, they're, they're in that kind of... I mean, they're still, in theory, in the... In the, the, the playoff race and in the hunt in, but, in name only yeah exactly you know realistically there's no way either of them are finishing in the top seven in their conferences so yeah it would have to take a seismic shift of of cosmic proportions and many infinity stones to actually you know get both <laughs> those teams or even probably one of them into the playoffs well, the one thing you'll say about the Vikings is they have got three, they've got four games left, three of which are divisional games. So out of either of them, if any any one of them is going to do it, it's going to be the Vikings. They've got the Bears twice and the Packers. So if they can take three wins out of all three of those games. That's not going to happen though, is it? Because it's the no, Vikings. It's not, it's not so gonna they're, they're going to lose, lose at least one of the ones to the Bears <laughs> and they're almost certainly going to lose to the Packers, even if it's Jordan Love quarterbacking. Yeah, so, no, I agree. You know, it's... You see my point, yeah. You see my point. Oh no, absolutely. I can I can no, understand that... the you trying to not, you know, completely write off seasons for teams just yet because we have still got you know, four eight, weeks, three left. more weeks of the season. Four, four weeks, four left. yeah, four weeks. Four well, weeks the other, left. The other game remaining for the Vikings is the Rams. So uh, yeah, best of luck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the Rams may need that for the division. So yes, know. exactly. Um, I'm a little bit surprised going... at how the all, all the clickbaiters jumped on the Chase Claypool celebration after yeah. converting a fourth down. 
Um, I have no idea. Well, unfortunately, people like Stephen A. Smith and Ryan Clark, who's just an embarrassment, um, had to jump <laughs> on this as, as a way to just fill up uh, minutes on TV. I don't understand it. He... He was the reason he, he was the reason we were still in that game at that point because he was catching stuff that he shouldn't physically have caught. Um, he rolled as far as I could see, he rolled up, did a quick celebration, and then Trey Turner, our right guard, j- launched into him to try and nick the ball off him. Eric Kendricks then swipes the ball away. From what Cable said afterwards, there was no ref to throw the ball to straight away out anyway. So and it didn't, and we still had a shot into the end zone. So I don't understand why say, they're saying this is the, the defining moment. We were down twenty three nothing at no half time. Way, there is no way on this planet that that Claypool signalling for a first down and then not immediately placing the ball in a ref's hands <laughs> were the reasons that you lost this game. No, absolutely not. Twenty three no, nothing think... at half time. Twenty three <laughs> nothing at half time. Clay... Why does no one remember that? And everyone's gone on about Claypool all the time. It's it's because a deflection. It's a deflection, it's and I the, don't like it. He played really well on the on Sunday. It's the interesting thing Thursday. to talk about. It's a headline grabber. That that's the issue. I think in an ideal though. in an ideal world, he would have uh, caught the first down, got up off his bum, and immediately ran to the middle to put the ball back on. And it might have might have meant that you get an extra shot at the, end, at the yeah. end. Which fine, okay, if it gives you an extra shot. Now the the problem that I've got is that. It's not necessarily that everyone's taking a shot at him. It's the fact that, you know, it's the fact that you guys have, uh, the Steelers have a recent history, Antonio Brown. Um, and then there's the whole Twitch, snap face stuff going on with Juju. And everyone's now trying to paint Clay's Chapel in the same light. I don't mm-hmm. know if he is. It might be exactly the same. He might be a good kid. I don't know. No idea. But it's an easy target to paint. And that's part of the problem. It, it's it's you know it's when you get a, a Tory minister who's bent. Well, one is so they all are. So it's just an easy target, and that's part of the reason it's the same. If this had been the Lions or someone else, it wouldn't have blown up as much because there's not as much past history there. That's all it is. I mean, I have to say at that point that I think it's you're more likely to find that you know the Tory ministers are bent, and it's hard <laughs> to find the one that is. Let's keep away from <laughs> politics, shall we, boys? <laughs> Get a narrow hole. <laughs> I just wanted to say I was disappointed with Tomlin actually even mentioning it and saying he was disappointed. Just move on, you know. Don't was, don't throw your players yeah, under the bus. It's, it's one of that. those stupid things. I yeah, mean, I don't you know, understand it at all. I'm sure. I'm sure that. Did you have a timeout left at the end of that game? No, we were ran no. out of them because we had to stop You'd their drive. Out. Yeah, to get them to right, punt okay. in the end. But we lost TJ Watt in the in the second second quarter, and we lost Alex Highsmith in the third. But you know. Well, the other point, going back to that, is is Ben was asked, uh, Roethlisberger was asked after the game, would he say anything to Claypool? And he said, it's not my job to say anything to Claypool. Kind of is, mate. The leader <laughs> of the dressing room. Kind, well, kind of is. See, that big C on your There's chest. nothing to that's say. Yeah. Kind of what that's for. There's nothing to say. Right, let's move on. So on to Sunday, another game where one team got out to a big lead before a late scare. This time it was the Browns leaping ahead in the first half over the Ravens. Touchdown passes to Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper and a sack fumble recovery touchdown for Miles Garrett helped see Cleveland to 24 first half points. Also helped them that the 2019 MVP Lamar Jackson went out of the game on the first play of the second quarter with an ankle injury and didn't return. That left Tyler Huntley as the QB the rest of the way for Baltimore. The tide did turn in the second half though. A missed field goal for Chase McLaughlin that hit the post was as close as the Browns got to scoring anything. Justin Tucker made his third field goal of the day and a touchdown for Latavius Murray and Mark Andrews pulled the Ravens to just a two-point game. It got even more scary when they recovered the onside kick, but four plays later and the game was over. 
Final score in Cleveland was Ravens 22, Browns 24. I would like to thank Mr. Jackson for leaving the game and therefore allowing me to be uh, Philly Cy in Jackson this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ouch. Do you know, Punk and I were talking about this um, off air. This was a crap game. I know everything says that uh, it, it was close and it was exciting. It wasn't. It was rubbish, this game. Uh, which is a bit of a shame because I think if Lamar stays in, it is a significantly better game. Um, but it was not exciting. It was not close. Um, Tyler Huntley came in and had what for him was probably a career game. Well done, 27 to 38. That is a phenomenal effort. Um, but ultimately, the team that had their starting quarterback beat the team that didn't. It just wasn't that good a game. Unfortunately, I mean, the, I'm still not bought the one, into the Browns either. The one thing is actually keep the Steelers alive. <laughs> just That's because, the, yeah, it does. It does just about because the Ravens are now leading the division. Oh, the Bengals are leading the division on eight and five, aren't they? No, but no, all, Ravens are. Is it the Ravens? Ravens yeah. are eight and five, and then the Steelers are bottoms. So they're only two games behind in theory because they've got that one draw instead of the extra loss. Who is it that yeah. tied with? Uh, oh, that's Lions. right, the Lions. Yeah, so you know they are they are in theory out of it, but yeah, the 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 standings say they have got a zero point zero zero one percent chance of maybe possibly squeaking into first place in that division. I mean, <laughs> there's still three games left, uh, four games left, and again, two of those are divisional against the Browns and the Ravens. So absolutely, how have we gone on to a game talking about the Browns and the? Still end up at the Steelers. It's because you are obsessed. <laughs> they live in your head. Still I I didn't bring the Steelers up. I didn't. No, it was up. me that brought the Steelers yeah, up because you know mathematically we still have to talk about them. Once yeah. once we get to the point where they are definitely confirmed out of the playoffs, then we just won't even Pittsburgh bother talking who? about them anymore. Who? Oh, I don't know exactly. who they are. Penguins. Penguins. There's a fairly good chance none of our teams are going to be mentioned if that's the case. It's not all right. That's fine. I don't think I particularly want my team to be mentioned yeah. anymore, to this, be honest. I think this, we can just skip all our games now. Hey, not mine. Uh, yeah, this game promised so much. And with Lamar going out, it just, it just promised so little. It just delivered so little. So slightly disappointed yeah, it was, by it. It was not a pretty game. It was not no. a good game. It was just one of those where actually the, out, the result's quite nice because it keeps everything close in the division. And, you know, do we, do we know? On we go. Do we know much about Lamar's injury? Is he out for it's a high ankle sprain? So they think he's Ooh. he he may be okay for this game day. So the problem is, the so is Jerry, it's not a massive Jerry drop off to Huntley though. It's not a massive drop. Twenty seven thirty eight says there isn't. So well, maybe he's more. It's more the aura of uh, of Lamar. Lamar's ability. I I would I, what I would say is that Lamar with a high ankle sprain, not being able to run around as we see his his athleticism, probably between an injured Lamar who can't run as well and Tyler Huntley, I would say that there's probably not that much difference. But if you get Lamar on a, a day when he can run 120 yards and bang in four touchdowns on his feet, then there's a big difference. But we and haven't that seen is, that. That is the and that is the ultimate thing about Lamar Jackson and, yes. and running quarterbacks is that. They're good until they're banged up and then uh, yes. <laughs> you can't use them anymore. But let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep the early lead getting shrunk thing going till we see the NFC East game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team finish. Dallas, after offsetting interceptions, they got a touchdown pass from Amari Cooper and two-point conversion from Zeke. 
Micah Parsons sacked Taylor Heineke twice before going out with an injury, but Kyle Allen picked up the baton and helped drive Washington again, ending with a Jonathan Williams rushing touchdown. And when Cole Holcomb returned a pick for a score, the Cowboys only had a seven-point lead. But a Randy Gregory sack helped kill the last chance drive for Washington and Dallas escape after Mike McCarthy promised the victory earlier in the week. The final score was the Cowboys 27, Washington 20. Now, all over the media, there's a lot of media personalities who are Cowboys fans. And all over the media this week, we've been hearing nothing but how great the Cowboys are. And this was a brilliant victory and how defence won it. Let's not forget, at halftime, it was 24-0 to Dallas and they won 27-20. Now, I, I'm sorry, yep. that's not another great team. So I'm, I'm just, I, for a while I was, I was probably back in Dallas saying they're actually a decent team because they've got playmakers and they've got individuals who can really make a difference. But the more I see them, the l- less convinced I am. If that makes sense. Um, the Tigers. Yeah, just, yeah, just not. Fear. It's like the tiger came to tea. You're just not convinced. It's, it's. You're not One thing convinced. I am convinced about with our Cowboys team is Micah Parsons. True. He's been excellent this season. I think, you know, for a, a rookie coming in and, and... Playing out of position. Playing out of position. position. And, and he's an outside just, linebacker. He is now. He's, when just, he, he's, he's never college, a middle linebacker. Over. In college, he was playing middle. Yeah, and he was rubbish. Well, I mean, he went in the first round. I wouldn't go as far as to call him say, rubbish. Number 11 pick. <laughs> he did all right. <laughs> it's not, not quite <laughs> rubbish. First, but... of all, first of all, college. Second of all... Yeah. If your if your job is to dive down and hit the, the quarterback or the running back in the backfield, yep. that is his job. He is a he's a torpedo. He, he he's not good at three four. He's not a Luke Keekley. He's not a middle linebacker well, he, that can read no, the field. He, he might be a torpedo, a, but he's blowing a hell of a lot of stuff up. Yes, he was playing in a three four defense, playing middle linebacker with another guy who was playing coverage. So he was basically rushing from the middle. Yeah. Um, but he was brought in to play middle linebacker and has basically switched to the outside. Nothing wrong with that. The only issue that I've, I've potentially got with him is um, his ability and coverage. Because when you come up against a bigger team, you can't just constantly rush to quarterback, rush to quarterback, rush to quarterback. You have to, at times, be able to drop into coverage. And that's what we're not seeing from him so far. But a defensive rookie of the year, without a doubt, and in the conversation for defensive player of the year. And you can't ask for any more out of a defensive player, out of a defensive rookie. You, you know, that's as good as it gets. So, yeah, well done. Well done for Parsons. Yeah. Uh, Let's zip through some, shall we? So the Titans shout out the Jags in Tennessee. As latest news indicated that Derek Henry might be returning for the playoffs. The Titans ran in touchdowns from Donta Foreman and Ryan Tannehill. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions in the second half, as it just doesn't get any better for Jacksonville. Final score was the Jags nothing, Titans 20. I have one thing to say about this game. Do it, Punk. And that's that Jacksonville rushed for eight yards. (laughs) <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Is that true? Oh my God, it it's is true. It's the fewest rushing yards in a game in Jacksonville Jaguars history. Eight yards. They didn't even <laughs> make 10 yards rushing. Just move on. Can I, can so I over this team. Can I ask a question? Um, Do it. There was a pop-up on my phone which said about discontent in the Jacksonville dressing room. And I thought, yeah. oh, Urban Meyer's been sacked. I'm assuming a few other people got this as well. Urban Meyer's been sacked. And I tried to look, well, he hasn't been sacked. So I'm like, why is there a pop-up about That's what discontent in the dressing room? That was literally it. And I'm, I was trying to find out more about it. I'm, I'm like, have I missed something? They're probably all just pissed off at losing. Well, they ha- they'd be happy if he left because of the way he's been I think treated. This before the game. I think it was before. What's what's well, he's been treating his coaches. What's he been doing? What's 
Oh, you've not read it. I mean, he apparently he had a meeting with them where he basically said, "I've won loads. What have you won?" And that demanded they all well. they all state what they'd won through their career. Um, Marvin Jones, who you very much appreciate, Dave, as a closet yeah, Lions like fan, um, mm-hmm. he apparently was so annoyed at Urban Meyer, he had to be called back into the um, the training facility because he refused to go back in while Urban was in there because he was so horrible to them and and the players. He's he has not been working the right way. I think he's used to a certain way of operating at college, and it just hasn't translated. Chip Kelly was very similar. Um, yeah, I think, Jim, Jim Harbour had issues as well. Uh, it seems to be more suited to the college game. It just doesn't seem to have worked. They they tried it. By more suited to the college game, I, personally, I think that's a little bit of veiled language for he can bully kids. He's an he arsehole. Bully <laughs> grown men. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So he doesn't get on with grown men because they fight back. But when Absolutely. when he was when he was at uh, Florida, when he was at Florida, when uh, he was with the Gators, I mean, he had a lot of his top players leave. So when you're seeing your best players leave and transfer to other colleges, you know, even that says that there's potentially issues there. Um, I mean, this is somewhat speculation. I, I don't know. But when when you're in college and you've got your best players leaving, that that's not normal. That doesn't tend to happen. Um, yeah, I, in that case, then, I mean, if, if that's true and someone's sitting there saying, what have you won halfway through your career? I'm done. You're out. That, that's it. As soon as they get rid of him, the bell. Mm. Especially yeah, with all the other stuff for a little bit longer. this season. Mm. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, but it looks like he's going to stick around for the rest of the regular season. Send him to Canvas. Uh, <laughs> <at> Monday. <laughs> We're supposed to be zipping through these. Uh, next on. game, then. The Chiefs took a paddle to the Las Vegas Raiders after the Raiders yeah, players decided... Just move on. They decided to huddle up pre-game on the Chiefs logo. It was 35-3 at halftime thanks to a Mike Hughes 23-yard fumble return touchdown on the first play of the game. Two touchdown rushes from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and passes to Darrell Williams and 2013 phenom Josh Gordon. The Raiders did eventually get a touchdown from Hunter Renfro, but a Derek Carr fumble set up a 51-yard touchdown run from Derek Gore for the Chiefs' sixth win in a row. The final score was the Raiders' nine, Chiefs' 48. So... Two things I want to say about this game. Number one, why are you stupid enough to go and do some team meeting, dancey, stupid thing on the Chiefs logo in the middle of their stadium? I know they're a bunch of idiots, but Jesus, will you just, you know, have a little bit of class? And secondly, Hunter Renfro, basically, he's, he's averaging now 100 and a touchdown every single game. And, you know, the Raiders are just failing him, basically. You know, he's, he's from being a walk-on at Clemson, he's turn into you know a really good solid wide receiver um and you know he deserves better he deserves better um, i mean he i'm doesn't. sick of talking about the raiders to be honest <laughs> he so, okay. i i hate Clemson. this season i hate Clemson and i hate the raiders and he's played for both of them so as far as i'm concerned he gets what he's given um uh, no, he's, he's, he's like a talent He's not hate Clemson. He's a talented boy um and he's dealing with a lot of crap passes that are being passed his way at the moment in terms yeah. of uh, ability to pass though um, what the hell is wrong with Foster Moreau I mean he's that's, dropping that's passes passing, that's catching but... well that's what I mean in terms of in terms of catching, <laughs> catching what the hell is wrong with Foster Moreau because he is dropping everything almost that's coming his yeah. way at the moment welcome, and, and... welcome listen welcome to the Raiders yeah <laughs> one week one week we're going to beat the world because you know we, we beat the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving in their backyard mm. and the offence was moving and we got what, 380 yards and four touchdowns. And, you know, it was lovely. 
And then the next two weeks, again, we go back to, oh, we can just about score 15 points if we're lucky. You know, it, I'm just sick to death of them. But I, I said it last week. I've had enough. But as a positive, at least, you got more, at least you got more rushing yards than Jacksonville this week. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> we did. Although Josh Jacobs did not a lot more. kind of lose the game for us in the first play from scrimmage. So, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah, just blow this season up and let's start again next year, shall we? Are there, one very, very quick question on the Raiders. Are there any rumours yet as to what's happening next year with head coaching and all that kind of Is there anything? Not really. There's nothing, okay. nothing really leaking out. Um, I'd be surprised if there was, to be honest. It, it, I mean, you just don't know, do you? Because with all the upheaval that's happened this year, I don't know if Mayock's going to be there. I don't know if they're just going to clean house completely. They might boot car as well. Who knows? I think um, when they, I think what I what I was meaning is that is there any sort of sign that the fellow who's got it at the moment and I can't remember his name. Versace. Sorry, Rich Versace. Yeah, is there anything at the moment saying that he's going to be the guy going forward? And if there's no noise, then that will probably no. There's there's, there there's no noise, so it literally is a case of you know you, if you want the job, you have got to take it. And at the moment, he's not showing enough to yeah. to warrant being given it. So yeah, I'd say it's all all very much up in the air in Raiderville at the minute. Mark I think Davis there will be a big name, so I'd be unlikely to think that Versace would have the job next season. Maybe, yeah. I think there's a, there's probably a Patreon video in there between us of talking where our relative <laughs> teams are going to be next season. Obviously, oh, we yeah, were at oh, the yeah. as last year. Broncos still didn't have a quarterback, and the Raiders need to start again. So there's, uh, I'm sure there's a Patreon video in there somewhere. <laughs> we'll do an arm wrestle over Aaron Rodgers or something. Or, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. The uh, next game, then. Let's move on. Let's move on from the uh, the paddling. The Saints had the good news that Alvin Kamara could suit up again after four games out to stop the five-game losing streak that is the longest of Sean Payton's tenure in New Orleans. Kamara ended with 145 scrimmage yards and a touchdown. Taysom Hill ran two in himself in the fourth quarter after a scrappy game where neither team looked convincing. The Jets converted just three of 14 third down attempts. This loss officially shuts New York out of the playoffs for the 11th straight year. That's the longest current streak in NFL. The final score was the Saints 30, Jets 9. The only thing I've got to say about this is I'm still not convinced by Zach Wilson. Um, yeah, that's that's literally it. I'm, he, he's probably not been helped um, because his you know, the backup squad behind him isn't that great. But it, it still doesn't fill me with huge amounts of confidence. I'm afraid they've had injuries on the O line, and yeah. both of their rookie uh, skill players in Michael Carter, running back, and Elijah Moore at wide receiver were not there. Today, yep. I don't think even Jameson Crowder had a full game if he played at all. Um, they're basically down to the bones on offense, so it's not yeah. been easy for them. But it's not just this game in isolation. No. This, this game is the continuation of I'm still not seeing anything that's telling me that he's the guy. Um, yeah. But equally, I'm not going to sit here and say he looks like a bump because you give him a pass because there's so he's in exactly the, the opposite position where Mac Jones is. In New England, yeah. he is the yeah. exact opposite position. Um, the Jets, the Jets have played reasonably well at times this season. Yeah, um, I'll go I with think that. when when they're all fit and healthy, I think there are pieces there that they can work with and build on. Um, yeah, but the know, games that they've not, been done well in have been without Zach Zach Wilson. They've been with Mike White or whatever his name is at quarterback. <laughs> it, was so, only, it was only that one yeah, game. One game. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah well, that, that's, that's all they've had. No, <laughs> they've won three. Didn't he get rookie of the week last week? Probably. Mm, I think he got rookie sure. of the week, 13. Probably. 
Anyway. But, I mean, even the Saints, you know, the Saints without Kamara, this was their first win in since, what, week seven, week eight, something like that. So, you know, the Saints aren't much better than the Jets, no. let's be honest. Not at all. Yeah. That's what happened so, tomorrow was the know, difference. If that wasn't is, yeah, made this, clear in my review. This is this is one of those, <laughs> let's just move on games and... Yeah, you know, I agree. Let's do it. Don't bother about it. Cam Newton lost his third straight since his re-signing with Carolina on Sunday against the division rival Falcons. He ran for a 12-yard touchdown on Carolina's first possession, but turned the ball over twice and was replaced twice during the game by PJ Walker, including midway through the fourth. Coronel Patterson got a touchdown to even things up in the first. A 66-yard pick six off Cam by Michael Walker gave Atlanta a lead that they wouldn't lose. Despite a Chuba Hubbard rushing score and the PJ Walker touchdown throw to Robbie Anderson, it wasn't enough to catch the Falcons, who got a touchdown grab from Hayden Hurst and three field goals from Young Hoku. The final score was the Falcons 29, Panthers 21. Two more pointless teams that are not making the playoffs. Let's just move on. <laughs> Do you know what this reminded Aww. me of? It's sure. like when you're watching a boxing match, there's, there's your Here boxing we go. reference. Take when you're shot. watching a boxing match between two old fat boxers who <laughs> won a few British titles a few years ago <laughs> and have just not got the talent left to be at a world level. That's Matt Ryan versus Cam Newton right now. That's what this is. It's two teams who are nowhere near where, nowhere near where they should be. Nowhere near, they're not punching anywhere close to being at the top. And the, part of me thinks, look, you're not going to do that with the quarterbacks that you've currently got. So move on, like significantly, quickly move on. Well, not quicker than we have to move on, Dave, from our quarterbacks. But uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's keep going. Oh yeah, no, wait wait for another year or two. Actually. Yeah, please, let, 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 let us get, get our, our quarterbacks first. first and then you can worry oh, yeah. about yours. Uh, yeah. Back to regular service for the Detroit Lions. After their stunning win last week, they were in danger of being sucked into the Houston-Jacksonville Vortex. But a solitary touchdown by Khalif Raymond was nowhere near the two rushing touchdowns for Melvin Gordon, the two touchdowns for Javante Williams, and the one for Albert O, as the Broncos scored in every quarter. A fitting tribute to 88, who would score at fun at Mile High. The final score was the Lions 10, Broncos 38. Two more teams uh, that won't make the playoffs, let's move on. Well, we might make the playoffs. <laughs> you haven't seen who we've got left. Um, it's not very often that you're, you play OK and score 38 points. I think that's all really you need to say. I think I thought we played well. Yeah, but I it's not very often that you play the Lions at your place. No. It's very true. Um, we rushed the ball phenomenally well, um, nearly 200 yards in uh, on the ground, um, and we just rushed it continuously. We it was it wasn't quite the week before with the Patriots where they ran it all but four times or something stupid like that. Yeah. Um, but we were fairly consistent on the ground, and we knew what worked. We were averaging four and a half yards a run. Uh, we ended up getting three touchdowns on the ground. Yeah, it was it was a good, solid performance. Nothing spectacular, just a good performance. I have one question for you. Yeah. Um, how many NFC teams have you got left to play? So the games, we've got four games left. Um, we've got to play the Chargers and the Chiefs and the Ravens, uh, Raiders left. Um, and we our only other game is the Bengals this week. Well, the reason I ask is just because you're four and one against the NFC currently and three and five against the AFC. Yep. So just, you know, kind of on the law of averages, things you've got three divisional games left, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. Well, we'll I think <laughs> we always, we'll, we'll beat one of the Raiders and the Chargers. We'll beat one of those games. We'll obviously lose to the Chiefs because we always do. I'm not overly fussed if we make the playoffs. It'd be nice, but I don't think we're good enough to be the top teams. So mm-hmm. take it or leave yeah. it too much. It'd be nice to see us in the playoffs, um, but ultimately it's going to end in heartbreak. So 
<laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not losing. I'm not going to lose too much sleep if we don't make the playoffs. To be honest, um, yep. the only thing I would say is uh, this: this game that we've just played against the Lions, this was the 17th game, so this was the additional game that we had to play. So I'm all in for 17 game seasons now. If we get one extra game, we can actually we get the Lions every time. <laughs> yeah, we get <laughs> the Lions every time. I'm well happy. And we're next getting the Lions next season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Chargers put on one of their better performances this season against a Giants team that isn't looking to replace their head coach this offseason, despite the record. An Austin Eckler rushing touchdown started things off, and despite an Elijah Pena response touchdown for New York, the Chargers went into halftime up by 17, thanks to catches from Joshua Palmer and a 59-yard bomb to Jalen Guyton. Two more field goals and then a touchdown for Jared Cook turned the screws on the G-men so that even the consolation touchdown from Saquon Barkley and the Mike Lennon rush couldn't turn this result around. The final score was the Giants 21, Chargers 37. Do you know how much credit we give the Chargers for this? None. Nothing. Zip. They even took the piss at one point. I only only want to give them one bit of credit. One bit of credit and that's that massive bomb TD. The The arm strength on that was ridiculous. It was a launch. It wasn't like a Tom Brady 59-yard touchdown where it went five yards in the air and ran the rest. It it, it literally was 58 yards in the air into his hands. It was a perfect throw and yeah. Well, it was a launch up into the into the end zone and the guy It got wasn't a launch into the end zone. It was a perfect pass mm. with a post, extra power. Post I swear is, that boy could throw 80 in the air. You know what? A post a post route is the easiest route to complete for a quarterback as long as you've got wide who can run on it. Absolutely. So, yeah, you'll have to excuse me if I don't get overly excited. Um the only piece of credit no, I'll give the Chargers is that this kit was a lot better than that stupid horrible baby blue kit that they were wearing. <laughs> the darker the blue, only credit yeah. But you know what? The one piece of credit I will give is that there was a direct snap to Chase Daniel who rushed twice. I mean, he didn't make any yards, obviously, but he did it twice. And I'm like, that's taking the piss. When you've got your 44-year-old backup quarterback coming in and taking a direct snap, that's when you know you're taking the piss. Chase Daniel's Um, 44. I think he is. I mean, he looks like he's 44. He rushes like he's 44. Um, But no, I think it's... It's uh, he's thirty-five, so no, I think it's, it's <laughs> you're thinking of Brady at forty-four. It was a good team. No, you know, I mean he's he's not as quick as Brady. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, good team beating a bad team. Um, that's literally all it was. Um, the Giants would have had more of a chance if they had a decent quarterback. Uh, but they didn't. They had Mike Lennon. So, hey. If the Chargers keep winning, then their game against the Chiefs is going to be very interesting in a couple of weeks. When, when's yeah. that? Is that second to last game of the season? I think it's. I'm not sure exactly when it is, but it's sometime it's the... in the next two, three weeks. I think. I've got no love for the Chargers, right? I've got no love for the Chargers whatsoever. But if the Chargers it's this week. win, it's this week. Coming it's it this yeah. week. Yeah. So if the Chargers beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs will lose one more game between now and the end of the season. And then the Broncos beat them on the last game of the season to knock them out of the playoffs. I mean, I know they'll probably still get a wild card. Can happen, I know, yeah. but I can what are you dream. Doing? What are you I doing to dream. yourself? Stop it. <laughs> it's the hope that kills you. I know, I know, right? <laughs> okay, so the Bengals managed to force overtime against the 49ers. Two Jamar Chase touchdown catches and the Robbie Gould field goal miss with four seconds left in the game gave us our first overtime game of the weekend. The 49ers have been gifted 10 points on two pump fumbles by Darius Phillips that even had the commentator saying that was the guy's last play for the Bengals. 
Debo Samuel was back, and even in his limited use after being eased back from the physio's room, he scored a touchdown for San Fran. George Kittle had another touchdown catch to have the Niners well ahead at halftime, but with overtime came the Bengals' first lead of the night after winning the toss and getting a field goal. But Jimmy G went 6-for-6 six six on the game-winning drive, ending with rookie Brandon Ayuk diving over the pylon to eventually have it ruled a walk-off touchdown. We were in Cincy after all. The final score was the Niners 26, Bengals 23. I was happy with this result because I was happy the 49ers won um, because I think they're the better team and I had the Bengals in my bet covering the spread. So I was very, very happy with this result. <laughs> I needed that bet, that uh, 49ers pick to come in for the play action pools uh, tournament we've got. Coming very soon. Uh, you need more than that. So I, need, need I, need yeah, that. See, I, I needed the Bengals for that exact same reason. But, you know. Mm, yeah. It was good. It was... It was good. I like it when a game goes to overtime. Um, adds a little bit more spice. Um, so yeah, it's nice to get one of those every now and again. So yeah. Well, why have one overtime evening game when you can have two touchdowns for regular season? Lenny, Mike Evans, and old Tom Brady one yard sneaks, plus a Richard Sherman pick of Josh Allen had the Bucks up at home twenty four three with time left in the first half. Thankfully, Buffalo put in a better second half with an eighteen yard run from Josh Allen himself and touchdown catches from tight end Dawson Knox and Gabriel Davis to tie the game up in regulation. The Bills again won the toss, but went three and out. We all know how these things end. A simple out route to Brashad Perriman that gets taken 59 yards up the sideline for the walk-off win. The 700th touchdown pass of Brady's career. The final score was the Bills 27, Bucks 33. So do you remember what we said about the Steelers, where the Steelers start running yeah. the ball and they start having success? <laughs> exactly to what I was just about to say. Yeah. You know how we, we, we keep saying the same thing about these teams over and over again? Well, guess yeah. what we're going to say about the Buffalo Bills? They need to run the damn football. Yeah. For the yeah. love of God, they need to run the football and there's, not just with two Josh things, Allen. There's two things the Bills need to do. There's only two things on offense. The only things the two the Bills need to do on offense, and they'll be in any game. I don't care who it's against. Don't turn it over cheaply. And that includes cheap interceptions and fumbles and run the ball with a level of success. I mean, Devon Singletary had 13 yards a rush. Josh Allen was nine yards a rush. I mean, these are numbers that if you're having that level of success, I mean, come on, get it in your head. You're going to have, that's going to open up the game in the air. They went in at halftime, three points. I mean, if yep. they could start, if they could actually, it's just like they were a car starting in fourth gear. Get going early, establish the run, dominate the line of possession. You've got the offensive line to do it. It blows my mind. I still don't get it. And the thing is, the Broncos are in, in the market potentially for a new head coach. And a lot of people are you know, saying that the uh, offensive coordinator Brian for the Bills, Brian Dable, is going to be one of those guys who's in the hunt. I don't want him. I absolutely <laughs> don't. I don't want him. I don't want, I don't, we've got two very good backs, one premier rookie back. I want to use them. I don't want a guy who throws it 50, 50 times each game and doesn't. No, I'm not having it. Not having it whatsoever. Uh, it's just frustrating to watch. But they start establishing them in the second half and look, they have success. Not difficult. Well, he's got the narrative as the QB whisperer for Josh Allen. That's why he's uh, now being touted as a head coach. Mm, well, we've got Drew Lock and Treddy Bridgewater. So, yeah, this is not I guess it's for your one. next quarterback. So. Well, <laughs> you need to be a shouter, not whisperer. Yeah, yeah we'll see. I mean, the other thing in this game was 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 a tale of two pass interference calls, wasn't it? Uh, one that was given to Mike Evans and one that was not given to Stefan Diggs. Uh, so, again, you know, seems like Brady gets his uh, little bit of favour from the uh, Zebras again. The luckiest I'm, man in the NFL. Isn't he just? I wonder how he could possibly be that lucky. <laughs> wow. 
sometimes you've got it, sometimes you haven't. What can mm. I say? Uh, two games left. First of all, it's the Sunday night game. And the Packers beating the Bears in prime time. It's a tale as old as time for many. But this wasn't the cakewalk it usually is, at least for 30 minutes. Chicago came to play and were even leading at the half. Justin Fields was back playing again after his latest rib injury. And the team seemed to respond to him. Jakeem Grant had himself a half, scoring the first touchdown on a 46-yard catch and run. Then later returning a punt 97 yards for six. A Damier Bird touchdown and the Cairo Santos field goal had the Bears in the head of Green Bay. Rodgers had a busy second quarter too, hitting Alan Lazard and Devonta Adams for scores and watching Rasul Douglas complete a 55-yard pick six. Two quick touchdowns for Aaron Jones at the start of the second half, which also saw a strip sack of fields, saw the Packers as the only team that really came back out of the tunnel. Tack on another one for Devonta Adams, and this one ended how we expected. The final score in Lambeau was the Bears 30, Packers 45. Bears were feisty in this. It was only really those two Aaron Jones uh, touchdowns you know, back to back was about a minute's worth of game time or a minute yeah. and a half's worth yeah, of game time killer. that really kind of broke the back of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Bears, Bears look better this week. Do you know? Do you know why? I've got a theory. Go on. I reckon that the reason they were slightly more feisty is because of the whole "I own you" comment from the first game between these two. Ooh. When Aaron Rodgers went running into the end zone, I can't remember if he rushed it or whether he passed it first and then basically it. ran in the end zone saying, I own you. I reckon that probably contributed a little bit more to this. Um, my main shout out is for Russell Douglas. So Russell Douglas is a journeyman back who played at corner and safety, had done very little before this season, had been signed and released by a number of teams. I remember saying after... Um, the game that they had in late October against the Cardinals, that he intercepted the pass in the last minutes against um, Kyler Murray. I remember saying, "Good for him." You know, this this might well be the peak of his career. This is the last. You know, he's intercepted Kyler Murray in the last game, and he's won it, and this is great for him. Well, we did exactly the same thing to Matt Stafford against the Rams a few weeks later. And he did exactly the same thing against the Bears. So he's, he's getting a bit of reputation for himself. So, you know, yet again, Dave was wrong. Um, but I mean, again, good for him because this is a guy who's come from nowhere, had not much of a career and has turned, you know, turned away and become a ball hawk and is winning games. So, yeah, fair play to him. I mean, he's a guy now who quarterbacks are going to be looking to avoid. Yeah. His ability to break a route and actually pick quarterbacks off. I mean, that's something that he's going to, he has now made himself, you know, a nickel, a nickel corner career for another five years off that easily. Just bring him in, just ball hawk it. Read, read the, you know, read the quarterback size and go and get it. So, yeah, good for him. But yeah, in the end, it just ended the way that everyone thought it was going to end before the game started. So, another Ooh, four uh, touchdowns bre- for Rogers. Breaking news. Um, yeah, Rogers does still own Chicago. Just, just for the record, he does still just own. Got it. Got it. <laughs> just yeah. in case anyone wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. <laughs> right. So on to the Monday night game. Then a typically tight game in the desert between two of the best teams in the NFC. The Rams and the Cardinals went into the half level on points. Odell Beckham Jr. got the first touchdown of the day after Kyler was picked off on their second drive while trying to thread a pass into the end zone. The standout player for the Cards on offense was James Connor. Both their touchdowns came from him. The first needed a second effort after almost being wrapped up by Aaron Donald. The second on a direct snap from eight yards out. Don't feel too bad for Aaron Donald, though. He finished with three sacks of Kyler, who was regularly scrambling for his life. 
Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson had touchdown passes from Matt Stafford. And in the end, the cards just came up short thanks to a combination of penalties and costly drops from receivers. The final score of week 14 was the Rams 30, Cardinals 23. Yeah, I think you're right. Connor is a big piece of that offense. It's amazing. They've got so many weapons and yet they rely on um, a power back so much just to create uh, and convert those third downs. So, yeah, yeah big big plays for him. I think, he cre- I think he converted a fourth down at one point as well. Mm-hmm. This was Aaron Donald going back to playing at that MVP level again. Um, I think he had 15 pressures of Murray. I mean, he was permanently living in the backfield. Along with his three sacks, he had three tackles for a loss. Um, yeah, and he was just basically dominating. I mean, some of those, I think one of the one of the penalties in that last Cardinals drive was for a hold on him. So, yeah. you know, his motor was going for the whole game. Um, but yeah, he looks, he looks fitter. That he has done for a few weeks. So, yeah, good going in, into the kind of tail end of the season where the Rams are trying to chase and chase the Cardinals down. We tend to see it from him, though, where towards the end of the season, he'll get stronger and stronger. And uh, same with um, Derek Henry as well, because of his side and his size and his ability, he'll get stronger and stronger. And the um, people he's playing against naturally fall away in his performances. Um, normal so humans, standard, yeah, normal human beings. I think the the, the high powered Cardinals offense that we're used to seeing struggles in two areas. First of all, they don't when when they're a, when their offensive line is struggling, they can't just bring in a blocking tight end because they don't really have one um, since Arnold left to go to the Jags, um, and they don't have a half decent running. Uh, they don't have a half decent fullback who can come in and block and help on the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think that's real, really where their uh, their main issues are going to be, and the fact that they just can't bring in that extra man to help. Um, the other option is bringing another offensive uh, offensive lineman to play fullback. Which they don't seem to do that, which they're not going to do because of the whole air raid system that mm-hmm. they have. It kind of mm-hmm. throws the whole system out. Um, but they're high powered. But there's just that missing that little bit of protection with uh, Max Williams on IR. He's the guy who normally comes in and helps with the block game. Yeah, just missing that solidarity at the moment. But no, good game though. You know, I actually Enjoyed saw it. Von Miller this week as well. Yeah, saw him at the but end. Someone noticed him play a game for the for the Rams. So he's wearing number forty. Feels weird. Feels weird. <laughs> um, the only thing I will say, we mentioned James Conner. He's on a one year deal. I think he signed a one year, one point five million, two million deal or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's going to be in for a decent wedge come the end of the season. What has he got now? You know, thirteen or fourteen touchdowns and. He's on for a thousand odd yards. He's had a good solid season. So he'll be on for a good amount of money come come renewal. So don't don't be surprised if he doesn't stay with the Cardinals and ends up going somewhere else because he'll be on a decent amount of money this year. Mm. Yep. Next year, sorry. Next year. Okay, so those were the week fourteen games. The first thing we need to do then, boys, is have a look at the wrongins for week fourteen in terms of our picks. So let's go through it. Uh, first there of all, there weren't many Mayan. Let me tell you say, that, there, there were no wrong picks. What's wrong with you? Well, okay. Well, first of all, I picked the Steelers to be the Vikings. So I was on an island there. Um, Almost, almost. Uh, Punk and Kimmy, who was picking for us last, picking for the people last week. Uh, You two picked the Bengals. Dave and I picked the 49ers. So there's a point off for both of you there. Uh, The Browns, Ravens. Then it was mine and Dave's turn to take the L on that one. Chiefs, Raiders. Punk, you were the uh, the lone Raiders supporter there. So Kimmy went with her head. And uh, yeah, 48 9, I think that was Saints Jets. The three of us all picked the Jets, oh, and Kimmy picked the Saints, and she obviously knew what was going on there with Avon Kamara coming back. 
with the Cowboys against Washington. Well, Dave, you're the only one to pick the Cowboys, so the three of us take an L punk. Falcons, Panthers. Myself and Kimmy went for the Panthers, so Punk and Dave get a point there. Bucks, Bills, Punk, you the only one that went for the Bills, so lost a point yeah. there. I've got um, to try and pick these points up somewhere. But you made it back with the Rams, Cardinals, because you were on an island there with the Rams, so congratulations. The way it shakes out is that Dave only lost three games and won 11. God, he's good, Dreadful. isn't he? Dreadful. Kimmy got 10 and 4 for the people. Punk, you got 9 and 5, and I got 8 and 6. So it works out the table. It, what I was going to say, does it make you proud to know me? Not does it make, feel no, you, not really. you change your picks halfway through the games or something? Yeah, <laughs> no, it must, it must like make you proud and go, I actually know him. That's that's such a it's such a great thing to be able to say to people. I think it would be better if I you one on your podcast to talk to you outside of it because the amount of. <laughs> Of gloating that goes on, I'd rather just listen to this and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know this guy on the podcast. He he got some really good picks sometimes, and not have to listen to the unmitigated that comes out of your yeah. mouth the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> you love it, you love it. Besides, it's 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 not about the number of picks anyway. It's it's no. actually about how much money you win in your acres. Oh. Oh. That your betting account must be in minus figures by now. Not a lot. No, this week I won <laughs> thirty five quid. Um, <laughs> do you know what? In the, the, so I use Bet three six five, but I've also and I'm not. This isn't advertising. Whoa, whoa, we're not advertising. But, I also use Virgin Bet as well, and they do this thing where it tells you how much money you've put in, how much you've taken out as winnings, and there's this whole tally-up thing, and I love analytics and blah, blah, blah. Um, so for the season, I'm £110 up NFL-wise, which I did a bit of thing. That's not bad. Right. Yeah, when, when the fun stops, stop and all that. So <laughs> Pretty much what I got in week one, but, you know. That's yeah, fun. I know. I'm, I'm still out a bit <laughs> on that, but I only bet a pound, so, you know. Keep you it small. Quidditch. Keep, it, keep small. it small, keep it fun. The official table now shows that Dave is on 131, the people are 127, Punk's on 124, and Jim, myself, is on 121. So... Oh, it's hurt. <clears throat> How have I gone from three down to six down in a week? You're rubbish. It's dreadful. <laughs> we are running the Pod versus the People contest, guys, with PlayActionPools.com, the newest and best office sports ball hosting platform. We're able to enter our picks each week, track in the fight uh, to guess which teams will bother trying to win a game each week, and repay our fragile trust in that pick. If you want to use PlayActionPools to experience the same thing, then don't forget to use our discount code TFD for 10% off and help this company move forwards. They've now got the Build Your Bankroll feature, which operates like a virtual sports book, allowing you to choose the games you want to pick and determine how many points you're willing to risk on each game. It makes us smile. So make sure you check them out at playactionpools.com. That's playactionpools.com. And the other thing, of course, is thank you very much, Kimmy, for putting in your picks last week. Kimmy will be at a fan meetup this Saturday. That's December the 18th for the game at 9.30 p.m. between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cleveland Browns. The meetups for both sets of fans at the Hippodrome on Leicester Square in the great city of London. If you want to watch one of the few remaining possible Raiders wins this season, it should be a place, oh, good place for you to be. Not likely. <laughs> uh, probably is, actually. Yeah, and make sure you're checking out Kimmy at KimmyAKB on Twitter as well. So thank you very much, Kimmy, for getting involved this year. As always, um, always love having you involved. We're on to week 15, boys, and the bye weeks are over. No I'm more buys. We have 16 games to go through. And we have a new challenger, as always. Our new challenger is called Finn. And he is a Seahawks fan. Surely if he's called Finn, he should be a Dolphins fan. You'd have thought so. He missed a trick there. What's going on there? 
What's going on there? How'd you become a Seahawks fan if you called Fed? That's just dreadful. Well, the Seahawks not a real thing either, is it? So, yeah, it could have a fin. <laughs> you could put a fin on it. Anyway, it's not a flying fish. <laughs> Let's start. Well, I don't know. What, what are you talking about? It's not a real animal. Anyway, okay. Thursday. Enough, I, I want some picks from you boys. I've got I've got Finn's picks here, so thank you very much, Finn, for putting yours in for us this week. Uh, the, the Thursday night game is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, Go on, Mister Mister Wonderful, get on. Yeah, Mister Flippy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Ooh. Oh, you fecker! That's exactly what I'm doing. In that <laughs> case, if you're if you're genuinely going Chargers, I'm going. I'm have genuinely to go going Chiefs. Chargers right now. He's on the Chargers. No, the reason being, um, we so the Broncos played. Uh, the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago, and everyone was talking about how great the Bron- uh, the Chiefs' defense was playing. They weren't. There was a couple of big plays, a couple of chunk plays that really helped win it. Uh, and I think the Chargers have good weeks and bad weeks. And this is the first time in a long time when they've genuinely got something to play for coming towards the end of the season. And you just kind of hope where you go, all right, Brandon Staley's a bit more, got a, I think got a little bit more about him. You just kind of think, okay, this is your chance. Prove that you're worth something because for so long, the Chargers have just been like cheap iPhones. They suck. It's just, uh, it really frustrates me constantly. And I think that the Chargers have to show that they're worth something and this is their opportunity. Okay. Chiefs then. <laughs> so that's Dave's Island. I think you're probably Thursday, right. right. I think you're probably right. I think the Chiefs probably will come in and do what they need to do. No, but this I, is the Chargers. I genuinely, I genuinely think the Chargers can win this game. And I had to pick the Chargers thinking yeah. you were going to pick the Chiefs. Yeah, um, the the only reason I've gone Chiefs is I've got to close this gap. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there's two games on Saturday. The first one is the Las Vegas Raiders at the Cleveland Browns. Punk, are you going with your Raiders? Uh, I am going with the Raiders. Ooh. Me too. The Raiders what? will win this game. Oh, you what? Oh, I love the Browns. It. Get on with it. No, no, no. The reason the reason I'm not Don't picking the Browns the is I, I saw a pop up on my phone saying that yeah, I eight, know. eight members of the Browns are out I know. sick and blah blah blah. That's uh, why I picked the Raiders too. Yeah, that's why I'm picking the Raiders. <laughs> Hang on, which members have gone out? <laughs> I didn't see that. Uh, Jarvis Landry is out. Um, uh, Chubb's still in. Bacon Mayfield's still in. Who is it? Landry. There was one of the guards who's out, I think. Zeitler. I think it, no, not Zeitler. He's with the Ravens. He do not even play for him now. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of Browns that aren't playing. Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Jedrick Wills. Big miss. Um, White go. Teller as well. Yeah, another big miss. And there's a few few plays in there. So, I, yeah, I, I'm siding with uh, the uh, Ravers, uh, Raiders on that one. Despite that, I'm yeah. still sticking with the Browns on this pick. Um, <laughs> I mean, Jim, Jim, you were you were sort of fifty fifty on this and saying it's a I good was. chance that I was. the Raiders could win this one. Now, there's there's a chunk of players have been missing from the Browns, and you're still siding with the Browns. That, that surprises me. As long as they've got Nick Chubb uh, running the ball, then I think that the Raiders have got massive problems. So, oh, I agree. And they've I still agree. got if they've still got Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney come off the edge, then. Yeah, we got Ngogwe and Mad Max. So, you know, I think it could be quite interesting. And Donovan Peoples Jones might have a good game. Be interesting um, interesting for, for quarterback killing this game, I think. Yeah, it's a 50 50 then because Finn's also gone for the Browns. So we've got a clear split there. 
in the picks. Love it. The other Saturday game is the New England Patriots at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, now, the Colts are off a bye, um, and I won in fantasy. So were the Patriots. Uh, yeah, though I won in fantasy without Jonathan Taylor to put all those vicious rumours to bed that the only reason I can win is because of him. Um, so I, I'm going to go with the Colts. Oh, for God's sake, will you stop looking at my picks? Um, <laughs> I'm genuinely not. I'm doing it as I'm going along. I'm going to go with the Colts. Um, <laughs> right, if you're going I, Colts, I'm going Patriots. I think this could be one of the most entertaining games just because both teams run the ball very, very well. And if yeah. you're a fan of Russian um, offences, this could be... I mean, with the ball in the air, this is going to be a nightmare. It's going to be Carson Wentz versus... Uh, Mac Jones. Yeah, keep the ball on the ground and keep entertaining, both, lads. Both these teams want to throw the ball about as much as the Patriots did in Buffalo. So, <laughs> you know, this, yeah, this, this game this game could be over really quickly with very long drives. This is the um, exact opposite of what we'd normally see between the Steelers and the Bills. This is the exact opposite of that. Yeah. Both these two want to run the ball. Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. But yeah, if you're going Colts, I'm going Patriots. Simple as that. I, I can see why you're doing it, Dave. But at the same time, I've got to go with the Patriots. It's just the machine. And, and Belichick knows the Colts inside out. Uh, it seems to always have the number. So it's three Feeling to one. Gym. It's three to one on the on the Patriots pick there. So on to Sunday. We're starting off with the Carolina Panthers at the Buffalo Bills. Bills. Anyone gone for the Panthers? Yeah, Bills. I can't I can't go against I can't pick Carolina at the minute. They're just nope. dreadful. It's a sweep. It's a sweep for the Bills at home as well. So, yeah. The New York Jets are at the Miami Dolphins AFC East matchup there. Dolphins, again, are a funny one because I've said for a while, I don't think that the Dolphins are, their record's better than I feel like they're playing. But the Jets, I just don't rate at all. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the Dolphins, I think. I just can't side with the Jets at the moment. I'm just not seeing enough. I'll take the Jets. Yeah, Ooh, okay. divisional game. Um, Jets often play quite well in Miami. Yeah, they, they might do. be completely banged up and down to bare bones, but uh, yeah, I mean the fact that you're taking the Dolphins as well, I've got. <laughs> I keep saying it. I got to yeah. go opposite you, so I'm going to take the Jets. Okay, uh, so that's three to one. Uh, punks on the island there. The Washington Football Team at the Philadelphia Eagles NFC East matchup. Ooh, ooh. Interesting. Eagles off the I'm going to go Washington on that one. Um, don't really know why. Uh, I think it's that's, that feels like a real 50-50 game, um, to be honest. Uh, this was yeah. the hardest one. I, 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 I mm-hmm. Going through the games earlier, this was the one that I flip-flopped on the most, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually landed on the Eagles just because they're at home. Is so, that legit? Yeah. Did you genuinely? Um, yeah, Eagle, okay. Eagles are at home, so I'm going to take them. Um, I did the same thing. That's as sound a reason as any. I think this is yeah, a, this could exactly. be this game is of the week. It really yeah. could, or it could be an absolute stinker. Yeah, that's plus well. I've, I've been burnt by the Washington football team a couple of times recently, where I hoped they would get the win, they just haven't. So, um, yeah, I'm, I've been burnt by both of these two. So, yeah. All right, this next pick might be a bit hard for you boys. It's the Arizona Cardinals at the Detroit Lions. Ooh, mm. sorry, we'll, we'll it, you, Dave. <laughs> Is it at home or is it where are Detroit the Cardinals? Detroit is at home. Detroit is at home. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Cardinals. <laughs> Punk, what are you doing? 
if if I'm not, mad, maybe... but I'm not that mad. <laughs> The thing is, this is the NFL, and this is this kind of they give us I know it. Where has. you just think but, there's no but, way but the they're going to the win. Is, but you know just I think if the Cardinals had managed to beat the Rams last week, mm. I might have said, "Well, they've got a two-game gap. They're going to feel quite comfortable with it." I might just have a sneaky go on the Lions, mm-hmm. but the fact that they lost means they have to keep winning. So I think they go in with that business attitude still. So yeah, yeah they can't Cardinals. rest all their players, can they? Yeah, exactly. They can't, they can't be resting yet. So Cardinals. You know what? This I'm is surprised good... though it's a sweep on the pitch. Yeah, this is one of those games where at the moment it's a 13 and a half point spread. This is, that's not probably not a bad shout mm. to, to stick a quid on the Lions with the spread and give them a 13 point head start. That probably isn't a bad shout because we saw it with the Cowboys against the Broncos. They came in, th- you know, thinking they were going to beat us and absolutely dropped a bollock on it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it might not be a bad bet to play in. So next one is the Dallas Cowboys at the New York Football Giants. It's an NFC East matchup there. Is Mike Lennon still playing? Yes. Dallas. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I can't. Jones coming back, yeah. No, I haven't. Um, yeah, for, and literally for that reason, I can't go against the Cowboys. Um, I think Especially Mike Parsons is going to feast again. And he's pretty much going to sew up his rookie, defensive rookie of the year. Candidacy with this game. Go for the Giants on this one. Yeah. This is one of those games where you go for the Cowboys and the spread. So the Cowboys (laughs) start 10 down and still be confident that they're going to win that game. It's a sweep. It's a sweep for the Cowboys. Has to be. Has to be. Next one is the Tennessee Titans at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, how do I say this without offending Jim? Well, I'm surprised you even worry about about not offending me because that's what we ever do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I I can't really go against the Titans on this one. The Titans every now and again the bed in, in a game. I just don't see them doing it in this game. Um, yeah, I, I favour the Titans. Not heavily, but I do favour the Titans on this one. Okay. I also favour the Titans, but I am picking the Steelers. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that means then that Dave's on an island because Finn has also picked really? the Steelers and so have I. So. Interesting. If, if Derek Henry had been back, if AJ Brown had been back, then I might have gone with the, the Titans as I did pre-season. But mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm going with the Steelers this week. I'm going with the Steelers. Are you still banging on about your pre-season picks? Yeah. Really, <laughs> man? Get over it. I didn't realise that was still a thing. It's no, neither did I until just then. Rude. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Then we've got AFC South matchup. It's the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, punk, I've got game. a deal for you. Got a deal for you. Is, whichever one you go for, I'm not. No, going no, no. For. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to let you pick, and okay. I'll, I'll go for the opposite one. So I'm, I'll completely give you free reign to pick okay. whoever you want, and I'll go for the opposite. Right, I'm going for the Texans. I'll go for the Wagwars based on that. Lovely. So yeah. Why are you going okay. for the Texans? Is it just because uh, of the amount of I just discord they, that's happening they, with the Jags? Well, there's a little bit of that, but I also think the Texans actually do have the ability to put up some points, mm-hmm. whereas the Jags seem to struggle to even get over the halfway line. So, you know. I mean, it's, I've heard it's... a rumour that they're guaranteed to get 10 rushing yards this week. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a lot of yards. For yeah. the Jags, that is a lot of yards. But yeah. no, I, I, I feel comfortable sticking with my Texans. <laughs> you think the Texans are going to get 11? 
<laughs> well, I mean, interestingly, if the Texans do win this, then they've smashed Jim's predictions out of the water. Yeah, yeah, do you know absolutely. This, do you know what this could be? Do you know what this, genuinely this could be? This isn't even a joke now. Do you know the Cricket World Cup? Do you know when uh, you get at the beginning, you get all the random games, don't you? Like Namibia versus the Netherlands and Indonesia versus Papua New Guinea. You know those really random games that just turn out to be phenomenal. Like yeah. properly. That yeah. could be this game. Like there's don't a yeah, yeah, yeah there's, there's going to be like mental stuff that happens, and there's going to be like punt returns that go for like nine yards. There's some guys just going to punt it vertically in the air. There's going to be nine players standing underneath it like a hail mary. It's going to be insane. There's going to be random stuff happening in this game. It just might be brilliant. I mean, it might be rubbish as it well. Might be rubbish. The 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 late packer Tim always used to say that two crap teams always made for a good game. Yeah, he's so, right. He's right. Yeah, he was he's, he's not right. a million miles off. The reason I've gone for the Texans is because of the disarray that's going on with the Jacksonville dressing room. At least the Texans, they don't seem to be an open rebellion with each other. So mm-hmm. I have to go with, with the team that looks like they actually play like a team at the moment. Finn has gone with the Jags, so it's a 50-50 split there. Then we've got, this should be a good game, the Green Bay Packers at the Baltimore Ravens. Although we probably won't have Lamar Jackson playing. Day-to-day Lamar Jackson currently. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say this earlier on. I was going to say this earlier on. So um, Jerry Judy got a high ankle sprain and was out for like six weeks. Mm. And not only was out for six weeks, wasn't able to train for like four of them. Um, And for someone who has the play style of Lamar Jackson, I don't see how him having a high ankle sprain can be anything but catastrophic. So I have to go against the Ravens on this one. I have to do the same thing. I can't. I can't pick the Ravens without a healthy Lamar Jackson, not against the Packers, even not though they're at home. Not just that. Their, their injury list, uh, and not just talking in terms of total numbers, starters, in terms of actual starters, their injury is catastrophic. They've got so many starters Every out. Every team's got starters injured. They've got a lot of starters out, like re- out for the season as well, not, not even out for a couple of weeks. I don't know what you've got to do now. What you've got to do now is get a stitch and you're probably out for the season. There's so few games <laughs> left. But. Yep. So, next game, it's the Bengals at the Broncos. Oh, Broncos. Easy. Is it? Bengals for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, not the, this is not the Broncos. Easy. This is head over heart. Uh, heart over head, rather. Um, I think being at home for the Broncos might just swing it for us being at home is for the Broncos is the biggest advantage in the NFL um, because you're playing at a mile high so I'm hoping that's going to swing it for us and defensively we look better and better as we get on you are absolutely right in that you know Broncos do have massive home field advantage and you do have a very good defense mm-hmm. um, the reason and I picked the Bengals before even hearing your pick for this one the reason being that if the Bengals want to make the playoffs this is a game they have to win so yeah. I think, I think, you know, I think they come into it. I, this could also be a very, very good game. Um, but I think the Bengals, you know, if, if they truly want to make the playoffs and truly want to do something this year, then they have to pick up the win against the Broncos. Um, so I think they're, they'll be ready for it. And I think they'll, Jamar Chase and young Mr. Burrow will light up the Colorado skies. Jabar Chase versus Pat Satan is going to be, be great to watch. It's mm. going to be good fun. And then you've also got 
um, Jamar Chase potentially against um, Justin Simmons as well, who likes patrolling the the uh, the numbers. So yeah, it is going to be it's going to be good fun to watch. There's T Higgins oh, as well, you know. He's uh, yeah. very good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Second round pick for them the year before. Uh, it's a Bengal Island for for Punk, as everyone else has gone for the Broncos. The Atlanta Falcons are at the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, 49ers. I can't yeah, make a case for the Falcons. Be. Falcons suck. Especially with the Niners at home. This is yeah. this is an old <laughs> NFC... Oh, what were they called at that point? NFC West. But this is from the old divisional games. Mm. So the Falcons used to be in the same division as the 49ers years ago with the Saints and the ooh, Rams. So, no. you know, it was, uh, it was an interesting division back then. Do you know the only thing that gives the Falcons a chance is the fact that this isn't an early game if this has been one of the early games and they're travelling all the way from Georgia over to the 49ers and they are effectively therefore starting at 7am they would not have a hope in the world but it gives them a bit of a a bit of a shot in the fact that they're going to the other side of the world basically and uh, playing at a normal time rather than otherwise it's a London game essentially and that's not even a joke it genuinely is almost a London game Um, but yeah I, I don't give the Falcons a hope in hell no neither do I Niners. Well, Finn has because he's gone against us. So we've we've gone for the wow. Niners. Finn has gone for the Falcons there. So he says like birds, birds, isn't it? He just likes the bird team. Just like, seems I to have a thing for well. birds. Yeah, oh, I love birds as well. <laughs> that was that sounded a bit too forced there, Dave. Uh, let's go oh, the next know. one. The Seattle Seahawks at the LA Rams NFC West matchup. Uh, mm, 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 let me think about this one. I haven't done my picks. I'm doing them as I go along. Um, I still don't think the Rams are there yet. I think they're probably about 70, that might be a stretch, 70-ish percent of the way there. Um, I think defensively they have issues. They're just giving up. I think they're missing John Johnson. He's the, He was that glue that held that defense together. And the Von Miller experiment hasn't really worked. But equally, I don't feel as though the Seahawks have got enough weapons. Jamar Adams is out for the season as well. Um, Jamal Adams rather is out for the season so he's done every argument I make still has me going back to the Rams so I'm falling on that sword yeah I, I, I give the Seahawks even less of a chance so I'm <laughs> taking the Rams although the positive for the Seahawks this week was the fact that um, uh, Jamal Jamal uh, Penny I can't remember his bloody first Rashad. name. The guy, Rashad Penny, the guy who I was banging on about during that draft and had as one of my uh, one of my first round sleepers, uh, yeah, yeah, finally showed up. Finally showed up. He had a good week. All this for taking four years. You know? I know he's still a draft buff, <laughs> but it's, it's nice for him. Just for for one one bleating moment, I thought I'm not as much as an idiot as I thought because he can do it, um, just not in that offence. Um, but he'll be a different team next year because his fifth year option won't get taken up. Um, but no, Rams in this game. Well, we've all gone for Rams. You know what Finn's done as a Seahawks fan, so... Um, got for the Rams as well, right? The Rams. Well, obviously, yeah. That's gone, pretty much gone, what happened. <laughs> business over pleasure. He's gone for the Rams as well. The, yeah. the late game is the New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers NFC South Bucks. matchup. Bucks, yeah, Bucks. I give him a hundred point head start. Yeah, <laughs> it's a sweep for the Bucks. Can't uh, can't drag that one out. But uh, at least Kamara's back, so it might Saints be haven't got a quarterback. It's not going to happen. We don't know, but you know, it doesn't help. But the, the, you know, it's kind of fundamental Saints, to winning a game of football. Usually, you know, the Saints in recent history have done well um, against the Bucks. They beat them twice last year. I know they lost in the playoffs. They had a quarterback. Them. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to be positive. Give me a break. <laughs> Trevor, I heard so a rumor. The Buccaneers, the Buccaneers might get COVID and, and have 27 players out. There you go. There's something positive. I heard a rumor. Um, it was on, I can't remember what podcast it was on, um, but Derek Carr um, were, is wanted by the Saints, apparently. Good. Off he goes. Yeah, <laughs> interesting rumor. So, if it does happen, remember you heard it here first. Well, second, because well, the other podcast had it first. But yeah, I'm basically reciting someone else's uh, thing. Is but oh, yeah, apparently I've, I've, I've heard I've heard Derek Carr to the Panthers. I've heard Derek Carr to the. Uh, I've not, genuinely the not heard anything. Not heard um, anything. Who was the no. other one? I can't remember. They were just oh, all nonsense Steelers. ones. Oh, no, it wasn't the Steelers. Oh, it wasn't Derek Steelers. Carr of the Steelers. That would be a who mess. Was it? Who, who are the other teams? Oh, I can't remember. Giants. Maybe it was the Giants. It might have been the Giants. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the Derek Carr rumours have started because everyone hates him again. So. <laughs> so after that sweep, we just got the Monday game, and that is the it's an NFC North matchup. It's the Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. Punk, I'll give you the same deal I gave you in the Jags and Texans game. <laughs> oh, I'm going Bears. I'll go Vikings then. Like, yeah. Genuinely, I mean, I don't know what Vikings team's going to turn up and who the bloody hell are the Bears nowadays? Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of what I did. I flip-flopped on this two or three times and then just yeah. went, Bears are at home, so I'll take the Bears. Also, they had a very good cool. first half, didn't they, against the Packers? They did, yeah. they did turn they up. they build on it, then, you know, they'll cause the Vikings problems. And it's divisional games, so, mm. you know. Mm. Well, it's an island for Dave because the three of us have gone for the Bears. By us, I mean me, Punk, and Finn. Could be good. So, so there we go. Yeah. Those are all the picks for week 15. Thank you very much, Finn, for putting your picks, mate. Thank you. Well done, Finn. And, uh, we'll see how they go next week, obviously, when we're back. Uh, in the meantime, guys, make sure you're checking us out on Twitter at FinalDownNFL, at Punk underscore Raider, at DenverDave30. If you can, sign up for the Patreon, and it's patreon.com slash finaldown. And of course, the findown.com is our main website where you can check out all of our stuff and, and stream the podcast from there if you want to do it that way. Um, but yeah, that's everything. I think I managed to get through just about, even with my uh, my stuff nose. Thank you very much, guys. Still alive. Still well done. alive. Yeah, but you've sounded great doing it, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a brandy, I think. So until next week, guys, I've been Jim. That's been Punk Red. That's been Denver Dave. Thank you so much for listening. 